the collective energy is always happening, right? The moon, the planets, they're always out there. They're always sitting in signs. And that's going to affect us differently depending on our birth chart. But it's going to affect us. This is the Alchemized Life Podcast, and I am your host, Ava Johanna. Transformational mentor, speaker, teacher, and most importantly, a woman on a mission to bring wellness to the world. This podcast was created to bridge the gap for anyone craving more love, health, and happiness in each and every day. And with every episode, you will receive practical guidance to create magic in your own life. Combining the expertise of wellness visionaries and thought leaders, each week we will bring it back to basics and provide you with the tools meant to empower you to thrive emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So together, let's ditch the mean girl, you can't sit with us vibes, grab your favorite yoga pants, and start to find your uniquely alchemized life. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Alchemized Life podcast. Whew. I think we all have been in the trenches of unearthing so many emotions and heaviness, whether you are white or a woman of color or a person of color, there has been a lot going on over the past two weeks specifically, but not to discredit what has been happening for centuries on end. And last week, I you know, really just shared a very brief breakdown of ways in which you can support different organizations and individuals that have dedicated their lives to fighting the injustice, specifically in America, as well as all over the globe. But I really didn't talk a lot about it. And today I'm not going to talk a lot about it either. However, I did want to kind of explain why I was very brief. For those of you that maybe were expecting more from me, and this is all just under the assumption that there was anyone expecting more from me. You know, it's it's hard to say with platforms like this, but I was a little nervous, to be honest, sharing um, the episode last week, thinking, oh gosh, I should be saying more. Or what if someone gets upset for me not like fully expressing myself? But I think that true leadership is knowing when it's your time to talk and when it's your time to pass the mic. And what I realized last week in recording the intro and in sharing those resources is that I really don't know the full picture and I'm just entering the conversation now. And so it would really be a disservice of me to tell you exactly what to do. And instead, I knew that my role in that moment was to pass you on to the people Again, like I said last week that have been doing this work their entire lives that know this work better than someone who's just entered the conversation. And so I hope that for those of you that were expecting more, you can understand why I didn't want to tell you what you should do or express any of my white fragility in the situation, which has definitely come up and I'll be completely honest with that, but instead point you in the direction of individuals who have dedicated their life to doing this work, who again, know way better than I do. And so again, true leadership is not knowing all of the answers. It's not having the right answer all the time or knowing exactly what to say. True leadership is knowing when you are out of your zone of genius and actually not talking to give the spotlight or like I said, pass the mic over to those that would be more better equipped to handle the discussion and show up for you 
So you guys are really able to do the same work that I'm doing because I'm just all figuring it out at the same time as well too. So anyways, I just wanted to share that before we jump into this episode. And um, we're going to be talking to Jill Winterstein, who is the founder of Spirit Daughter. Um, And I wanted to release this episode before the eclipse because we talked about it quite a bit in this episode. And I just wanted to make sure that y'all are ready to go. And I wanted to share actually that astrology has been very helpful for me during this time and getting a larger perspective of what's going on. And there is an astrologist. She actually refers to herself as an astro historian, which I think is so cool. She's also an intuitive writer. Her name is Aya Samadhi. Um, Her Instagram is Aya Samadhi, A-A-Y-A-S-A-M-A-D-H-I. I'll actually link it within the show notes for you as well too. Her page has been absolutely incredible to follow and just get a like I said, like a better perspective on what's happening. And so I wanted to read one of her posts and you can go to her Instagram page and look at more of them. But she shares that, just want you all to know everything that's happening right now is all within divine order and divine timing. This includes the pandemic, the recent murders of black people, the riots, the fires, et cetera. It may not make sense now, but this will lead us to where we need to be. And then she says... I really wish I had better astrology to report to y'all, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say that it's about to get realer than you thought. We are in the thick slash mists of some of the heaviest transits we've experienced in hundreds of years. I know that everything seems like pure nonsense right now, but it's not supposed to make sense. Neptune, the planet of fantasies and illusions is in the sign of Pisces. Mars, the planet of action is also in Pisces and Pisces is the opposite of reality. This is a spiritual warfare. Venus is also retrograde in Gemini which is information right now, and being challenged by rep- by Neptune and Pisces, which is, again, illusions. All of the information that's been going around isn't 100% clear, and it's so important for us to all have our own discernment right now. Let's not forget Pluto, Jupiter, and Saturn are all retrograde right now, as well, causing us to really review, rethink, and reflect on what really needs to change within our personal lives and within the world as a whole. So lots going on, obviously, within the planets. And you guys know that I'm, I don't know a ton about astrology, but following Aya's page has been really, really helpful. And again, getting that perspective. And so I highly suggest checking her out and checking out all of the work that she does, supporting her, getting a reading, whatnot, because I think that so much of this makes sense. And especially about using your own discernment right now. There are have been so many instances over the past two weeks where I have been shooting all over myself, feeling like I need to do everything and be everywhere to everyone all at once. And when we're looking at revolution and a movement, not just a moment, but a movement, it has to be sustainable. At least our role has to be sustainable. It can't just be something that you're going to do super intense for a week straight and then not follow up with at that point. It's like a diet or changing some sort of routine in your life. It has to be something sustainable. And so one of the things that I have really been checking in with myself on is how can I best show up and serve the collective, my community, and those who are hurting while still being in integrity with honoring myself and not going so far out of line that I give up or retreat backs and I think that there's been a lot of feeling, and this could also just be an assumption of, oh, when things go back to normal, even before um, everything that happened over the past two weeks. But this is a call for things to not go back. 
things can't go back to the way that they were. So we have to integrate who we were, the best elements of who we were with radical inclusion and love and acceptance and justice and how we can play our role into all of that. And so that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be out there protesting, but what is it that you can do? What action is it that you can take? What education is it that you can sit down and dedicate your time to? How can you make your business more inclusive? How can you create space for those that have been marginalized maybe in the past by your work or by the language that you use? So that when we move forward, we're creating spaces that welcome all individuals and not just those that have white skin. And, you know, I, like I said at the beginning of this, I'm right alongside so many of you doing this work, showing up, educating myself, listening, and really getting my ego the hell out of the way so I can unlearn and then relearn how to be a better leader, how to be a better woman and how to be a better just human being overall. And so I hope that this intro overall has given you a little bit of collective uh, collective perspective as far as the planets go, as well as a greater understanding and permission to tune in and use your own discernment to see how you can best show up and how you can best integrate moving forward, not just these past few weeks, but really moving forward and making this a daily, weekly, monthly part of your life, your business, your conversations so that this world can collectively change because the collective awakening is here, you guys. It is here. And I have been getting so many downloads and meditations about how prepare or how we have all been preparing for this. And so know that you are strong enough to move through, to transmute fear into faith, discomfort into growth, anger into action, and know that I'm standing by your side. And I'm here to support you. I'm here to hold space for you. I hope that these conversations bring light into your day and into your week. And like I said, we're going to be talking more about astrology in this episode with Jill Winterstein, who is the founder of Spirit Daughter. And I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I had found Spirit Daughter, which are the workbooks. And then um, there's a whole online store as well. A few years ago, And I fell in love with these workshops as just a really accessible way to integrate new moon and full moon practices into your month. The way that she breaks it down, whether it's uh, just talking about your moon sign, different rituals and practices, or, um, you know, meditations or yoga flows in this workbook makes it just really easy and accessible to not only have rituals and um, ceremony for yourself, on a monthly basis and with community as well, but also a great way to, in bite-sized chunks, understand astrology and all the signs. So you guys are going to enjoy this conversation. Jill is found on Instagram at spiritdaughter. You can also go to their website, spiritdaughter.com. Everything's going to be linked in the show notes. And I hope that you guys enjoy this conversation. Thank you for being along for this journey with me. Thank you for showing up and doing the work right next to me. You know, I think we're all learning and growing and I am here humbly to say that I do not know it all, but I am constantly looking for new resources and new education to give to you guys. And I will only give it if I have done the work myself and if I know that it's been supportive of me and will be supportive of you guys. And so 
know that it's all coming. It's going to continue to come. I'm going to continue to show up. This is not just a one and done conversation. This is an ongoing conversation that we're going to continue to have. And it might get uncomfortable at times. I've definitely been uncomfortable over the past few weeks, but that's a necessary part of shedding the ego and the fear and the privilege that we are meant to give up to create space for a more loving, more equal, more compassionate and empathetic earth. And that's what I truly want. And I hope that you guys will continue to join me along for the ride. So if you love this episode, if you like it, if you want to share it, make sure to tag the podcast at The Alchemized Life. Jill is at Spirit Daughter. And I hope that you guys enjoy. And Jill, welcome to the Alchemized Life podcast. I'm so grateful to have you here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. So the first thing I have to ask slash state is that we kind of have flipped uh, signs. So I'm a Scorpio sun, Leo moon. I'm Aries rising, so we don't have same ascendant sign. But I'm so curious. So what's our dynamic? (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm a Leo sun and Scorpio moon. And so... um, I mean, it's interesting. It's not that we're really like opposite uh, in in nature, but Leo and Scorpio, um, they're hard. It's a hard combo. I've always found Leo and Scorpio square each other on the zodiac wheel, meaning they're ninety degrees apart. Uh, and anytime we have squares through signs or planets, there's a lot of friction and tension involved. So I always think of that with my sun and my moon and you as well. It's the same thing. Uh, there's just tension between the sun, which is the core of our personality and the moon, which is the emotional body. Uh, so for, and this is where it's going to show up opposite for, for us, for me, it's going to show up in that my son wants to be center stage and wants to stand in the spotlight, wants to be seen, wants to have a voice. Uh, but my moon and Scorpio, my emotional side actually wants to keep me hidden. And mm. so there's like fear around actually like being seen. It's like the shadows is much more my comfort zone as far as an emotional need. Uh, for you, it's actually like opposite where your son, your the core of you is going to want to kind of remain in the shadows uh, and, you know, need space alone away from everybody in isolation in many ways to gather yourself and to recenter yourself. And I always say like the sun, like keeps, keeps you together, like holds you together. So it's like mm-hmm. when, when you feel like you're kind of the world's falling apart, you go to that Scorpio sun, which like drags you, you know, to the, to your cave to put yourself back together. Whereas your emotional body, which is ruled by Leo, uh, wants to be seen, mm-hmm. right? So that, that emotional sigh wants to be heard your emotions want to be heard you you um you know you want the approval of others to to make you feel good you know that's a very leo moon sign where uh, a lot of leo moons like they they want to be seen and validated from the external world you know to to nourish their own emotions uh so you know it's it's a similar dynamic but it's just like different pieces of us yeah. and there's friction right there's the the core is there's friction between the the sun our 
sun and our moon. Uh, but for you and me, it's like, it's, you know, it's probably much easier in nourishing and fulfilling for you to like be heard. Whereas for me, it's like scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, that's so funny. That's so funny that you share that because for so long, when I was like first starting the podcast, you know, starting to first like really put myself out there on social media, there was so much of me that was like, oh, but I don't want to give a hundred percent. And I could tell that that was that like fear of being seen. And I had actually done a lot of like healing work around my fear of being seen. And now that like I've moved through some of that, I like definitely feel so much of that Leo energy where I'm just like, all right, I'm here. And I like, even in meditation will like visualize myself as a lion or like not Simba, Simba's dad on Pride Rock, just like roaring. Or I guess right. Simba too. Um, and yeah, so it's, yeah, Simba at the end of the movie. Um, at the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's just so interesting. And I think that's why I've always been like totally turned on by astrology. I don't know like a ton about it, but um, I've always, it's always been like those like aha moments for me where I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. And so, you know, I know that so much of our own personal journeys are influenced by, or what we do for work is really influenced by our personal journeys. And so I'm just so excited to hear from you and would love to hear like how you dove into all of this and like what really inspired you to not only start really looking as astrology as this like key to unlock so many of those like again aha moments of, of your own personal universe but also how it inspired you to create spirit daughter uh yeah i mean my journey in astrology sort of a long time ago i got into it when i was like 16 i'm 40 now so we're talking like 20 24 25 years and you know, it was very much probably my moon in Scorpio that drove me into astrology and kind of everything that uh, was very like underworld, you know, astrology, crystals, like all that kind of thing. I was just like very into it. I was your like classic hippie child, like wearing Birkenstocks and like smoking pot in the woods, <laughs> like 16 years old. I love that. <laughs> reading astrology books. Um, there was no online then, you know, this is like 1996 or something. So, um, you know, people are always like, what online course did you take? And I'm like, uh, there wasn't one, <laughs> but you know, it was, it was something I kept for myself in a lot of ways. And I actually went on to pursue psychology. And that's why I have my master's in, uh, is research and in psychology, but that's very much, you know, looking back, that was very much my Scorpio moon, like driving me to Scorpio really wants to understand like the underpinnings of our consciousness. Uh, and that was, that was my youth was trying to understand consciousness and astrology was just one of the lenses that I used uh, to try and understand that. And I would like do all my friends' charts and like look at them. But it was never something I, I was like, this is going to be my career. You know, it was just something I, I held for myself um, and, and never really thought about sharing outside of my inner circle. And of course, there was no Instagram or anything back then to even, even do what I'm doing now. So it was just something I kind of like tucked away and kept for my own knowledge. Um, and again, like I, I never was really the kind of person that wanted to stand in the spotlight. You know, I, I just wanted to kind of keep this knowledge for myself, use it for myself. I would use it to make decisions. It wasn't really anything I even thought about sharing, you know, but like anybody I dated, I of course like asked their birth time. And <laughs> like that, you know? You're like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was that girl for sure. Um, you know, it just, and I, it, it's guided me in many ways uh, throughout my life. But, you know, I didn't really start bringing it out into the public until Spirit Daughter, which I launched, and, you know, not as an astrological company. I launched it with dream catchers that I had found in Bali. Uh, again, with no intention 
of really sharing the astrology piece. When I first started with Spirit Daughter, um, I just found these amazing dream catchers and I knew I wanted to do something different. I was uh, teaching yoga in LA at the time and I just you know, wanted to m- move into a different space. And I met this woman and it just seemed like the right thing to do with all those stars aligned. And you know, I launched Spirit Daughter and all the while I was teaching new moon circles as an extension of my yoga practice. And I had a roommate at the time, and she was the one that really, she was a lot younger than me. Um, her name is Katie from Moon Body Soul. You may not have mm. heard of her. Anyway, she she was, you know, a fair amount younger than me, and she was just so in astrology. And she made me realize that like I was like sitting on this like wealth of information uh, and not sharing it with the world. And it it took a lot of courage to start sharing it with the world, but I started doing it through the new moon circles that I, I did with her. And she helped me a lot. She is actually a Leo moon. She helped me a lot with finding my voice in, in that space um, and really sharing, sharing my knowledge and realizing that people wanted it. Like I was no longer like, the crazy hippie girl in the woods. <laughs> People actually like we're into this now, yeah. and you know wanted the knowledge and needed the knowledge. You know, and and um, they needed even more now. Uh, it just seems like, you know, the more and more we go on, the more people get into astrology and need the need the knowledge. And so I started sharing it. And then um, I realized, you know, through Instagram that there was this massive demand for it. And so I created the workbooks to basically be a new moon circle in a workbook that anybody could access. Mm -hmm. And so, and I, you know, I'm put them out as printed and digital so that you could be anywhere in the world. You could get this workbook and I'm trying to make them as affordable as possible so that people could, could get this package and they could hold their own circles and they could, because I was seeing magic in my life. You know, I worked with the new moon in particular, I work with both the moons, but the new moon has always been a special time for me. And I worked with the new moon for years and like, you know, religiously set my intentions every new moon and did my practices. Um, You know, the practices that are in the workbook come from like my own practices, which a lot of times were done like in the middle of the night because I was up, um, especially on the phone. (laughs) But, you know, it's like, it's an extension. I was seeing like everything in my life just changed rapidly and, and seeing myself being able to manifest any life I really wanted to live and the call so much into my life, including like my husband, you know, like, uh, I remember the new moon I like wrote out my husband on, you know, and there he appeared like a month later. So, <laughs> so it was like, I really wanted to share this with people and help people really realize the, the power of their intentions and the power yeah. of their own energy uh, and the power of their own consciousness uh, and how that we can really create our reality. And, and astrology is there to help us. You know, it's, it's learning these things so that they, they can help us tap into our own power, which already exists. Mm, yeah. You know, I just think that it's so cool that it kind of was birthed from this idea of like, well, I'm doing this already and more people can do this too. How can I 
get this out to more people? You know, how can I scale these new moon circles in a way that it's like really accessible? Like, I just think that that's so brilliant, you know? And it's like, these are, these are the minds that like, I'm so intrigued to talk to because it's so innovative to think of it as like this incredible in-person experience is happening right now. But what about all of the other people around the world that don't necessarily have access to this type of community and you created that for them? Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I probably do think back to myself as like, you know, an 18, 19 year old or, you know, I grew up in Pennsylvania and, you know, there was, I didn't have a community really that like supported me in this way. And I would have loved a workbook, you know, <laughs> at that point. And yeah. I would have loved to be able to like plug into a huge community that all did this, you know, because it, it was something that I kept very hidden and private for, for myself, just uh, probably because my Scorpio moon, but also just because there, there was a lack, like I had really close girlfriends that would do things with me, but it wasn't, it wasn't wasn't like it is now where, you know, you can go into almost any city and probably just search for a moon circle, you know, online and like find somebody like close to your moon circle that you can attend. So yeah, I did want to make the information and the magic really available and accessible to everybody, no matter where you are in the world, you know, our workbooks in like over 120 countries. Amazing. Um, so yeah, there's people all over the world. I remember seeing an order come in one day from like Laos and I was like, oh my God, there's like somebody sitting in Laos, like reading my workbook. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, yeah. Cambodia, I'm like, geez, wow. Like that's, that's huge, you know? So it's a way to really connect us all because we are all connected through astrology. It's like, mm-hmm. it, it's the same for all of us. It's, a connecting force. And, you know, we're currently in Gemini season, which is all about connection and astrology really does it. You know, it's like, no matter where you are, the new moon occurs at the same moment in time. It may vary like by time zone, depending on like if you're in Australia or here and even day, but it's the same exact moment in time for everybody that it occurs everywhere in the world. So it's really a unifying energy and a unifying frequency that we can all tap into. Yeah. So it's, it's really powerful. It's yeah. really, really powerful. Absolutely. And I remember when I first started getting into like doing new moon circles with my girlfriends and just like really starting to track the moon cycles in general, it was such a fun process to sit down and like pull out all of our pens and start to get really clear on like what we wanted to call in for the month ahead. Um, And I know that tomorrow is our Gemini new moon. And um, I would love for you to just share a little bit about the new moon for someone who's like very, very basic, what it means to, you know, have ritual around the new moon and overall, like just the energy of the new moon. The new moon. So the new moon occurs when the sun and the moon are together in the sky. Um, So they'll both be in Gemini for the new moon. That's the first thing to understand. And that's why we can't see the moon during a new moon because it's, you know, with the sun. So we don't have the reflective light happening as we do in like a full moon. But the the conjunction, that's what's called in astrology when when planets or sun and moon are together, the conjunction of the sun and the moon create this like powerful force, creates a spark of energy um, that we can really harness. And, you know, a really 
it, it lowers the veil between the conscious and the subconscious mind in many ways. Um, so on a new moon, I firmly believe you can access parts of yourself that you normally can't because you can dive a little deeper into the subconscious. We have the merger of, you know, sun and moon, which represent masculine and feminine, yin, yang. It's, it's the blending of, of everything that is deemed opposite in our world. And so when that occurs, it really just opens up energy within us that normally isn't seen. It's the blending of seen and unseen. And so, you know, with that knowledge, uh, when you combine that with the spark of energy generated from the moon and the sun being together physically in the sky, we have tools to really create intentions and set intentions. So we know, we know what we want, you know, we can feel into our deepest desires and our deepest fears and our blocks. We can really peer into our subconscious. And then we have this energy, uh, which is really the energy of new beginnings, right? New, new moon starts a new lunar cycle. So we have this spark of energy, you know, for a new beginning. So we know what we want and we have, you know, the support to start new. So when you combine those things, it becomes this time to like set an intention about who you want to be or the things you want to call into your life over the next month or six months um, or the blocks or limiting beliefs you want to shift. You know, you can, you can see like, I always say to people like review your intentions from last month, like what blocks you and manifesting them um, because then the new moon can become a time where like, this is a huge block. Like my subconscious is open. I can see this limiting pattern. Uh, I'm going to set an intention to remove that or shift that limiting pattern so that I can manifest my intentions this lunar cycle. So it's a really powerful time. Um, and it is for me very much a time to go inward. The full moon is more of a time to kind of, you know, circle up in community and extend energy outwards. Um, it's a different vibration for me. Uh, the new moon really is this time to go inward and spend some time with yourself. And you can always go to new moon circles there. You know, it's always important to be in community and connect with people. But the new moon is this really powerful time, whether you're with people or alone to dive inward and to listen, mm -hmm. listen to your soul, listen to your intuition, your intuitions always heightened on a new moon. And you can, you can really hear yourself. Especially yeah. on the Gemini new moon. It's all about communication. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I love that this is like a tool for us to deepen that awareness of intuition and really start that dialogue with our intuition. You know, that I know that there's so many people that listen to this podcast that are constantly asking, how can I strengthen my intuition? How can I channel? You know, how can I just like tap into that deeper relationship with that inner voice? And so I just found, find for myself that the ritual and the ceremony, whether you're doing it with someone or in community or by yourself is such a powerful way. And I think that because we spend so much of our time rushing around or on our phones or, you know, distracting ourselves with whatever it might be outside of us to have that space, if it's once a month or twice a month on the new moon and the full moon is such a powerful, powerful, powerful way to just show up for yourself and show up for your higher self too. The difference though, and you kind of mentioned this already, the new moon and the full moon, can you share a little bit about like, what is the different energy between the two? Mm -hmm. 
So the new moon, you have sun and moon together in the sky in the same sign, right? So Gemini new moon is tomorrow, which we mentioned. That means that both moon and sun are in the sign of Gemini and they both bring us. Um, so the signs kind of like flavor the energy of the, the planets, right? So the sun um, and the moon are flavored by the energy of Gemini. The sun will remain in Gemini for the next four weeks or so, a little over four weeks. The moon will move on. The moon moves through signs every two and a half days. Mm -hmm. So the moon will move to Cancer and then two and a half days later to Leo and then Virgo and so on. And so um, it will continue moving, you know, around us on the earth. Um, And when it, and this is the lunar cycle, right? So when it gets uh, 90 degrees away, we have that square again, uh, we have our half moon. Right, so we have our first half moon, which will be in Virgo when when the sun's in Gemini and the moon makes it to Virgo. Virgo and Gemini are ninety degrees apart. Um, astrological signs are thirty degrees, by the way. All all twelve of them make three hundred and sixty, um, and so the moon, you know, keeps moving. And then when it gets halfway through the lunar cycle, so it's now standing in opposition from the sun, and so it's in. Gemini's opposing sign, which is Sagittarius, right? So it's 180 degrees away now from the sun. And so we have our full moon. We on earth are in the middle, right? So, and we have full full moonlight because the sun is completely shining on the moon as it, you know, opposes it in the sky. And so, but now they're both in opposite signs. And so that it kind of makes us feel a little crazy on earth <laughs> because we're like literally in the middle yeah. uh, and they're pulling at us from both directions um, and it disturbs our sleep and um, makes us feel very different. Uh, and the full moon, because it is so bright and it's so seen, um, it really does draw us outward of ourselves. And it also gives us an extra energetic push to do the work that we need to do to manifest the intention set on the new moon. I always say the new moon is when you set the intentions, the full moon is when you do the work to manifest them. Um, Because the full moon reveals, right? So when we have this opposition of sun and moon, we're dealing with both signs and we're seeing the higher and lower vibrations of both signs, right? So every energy has a lower and a higher vibration, including astrological energies. And so during a full moon, we're dealing with the, the extreme sides, shadow sides of Gemini and Sagittarius, right? And so we can see see, you know, it's all about being seen under the full moon. So we can see in ourselves where we align with these lower vibrations and how they limit or how they block us or how they prevent us from manifesting our intentions. Um, so when you're dealing with Gemini and Sagittarius, and I go into all this in the full moon workbook, full moon workbooks are all about like what to shed what to release, right? Full moon releasing. And what you're releasing is where you align with these lower vibrations and your energy. Mm-hmm. That's what you're shifting. So uh, dealing with Gemini and Sagittarius, you know, lower vibrations are like closed-mindedness, judgment of yourself of, and others, righteousness. So, you know, you can look at like how does judging myself and judging others limit or prevent me from manifesting my intentions. Mm-hmm. So it's all about like revealing in a full moon and it's very energizing and it's, it's not a 
quiet energy. You know, like the new moon is like quiet. The full moon is not quiet. Um, you know, you, and you always hear about it, right? Like you always yeah. hear about the full moon and, um, you know, people are always talking about it. Even on the news, they talk about the full moon. Um, it's, it's quite interesting. Um, but you know, it is very potent. It's very powerful to do this work and to recognize where we're blocking ourselves and what needs mm. to be released in our life. It's very much about release and doing work. Okay, you guys have to let me know how many skincare products you have on your shelf in your bathroom. I have quite a bit. And did you know that the average woman uses 12 products with 168, yeah, 168 ingredients in their skincare regimen every day? And with that many ingredients, there's really just an unknown number of toxins. This is why I've decided to make the switch fully over to True Botanicals. True Botanicals is made with natural and organic ingredients, and all of their formulas are made safe certified, which means that they're made without 5,000 plus known toxic ingredients. And these are just the known toxic ingredients. Um, but unlike most non-toxic products that make me break out, make me super oily, uh, True Botanicals solutions actually work to repair skin issues. They have a ton of different lines and all of their products smell so good and work so well because they blend the latest scientific advances with centuries-old botanical extracts. Their products are incredible. They have a hydrating face cleanser. They have face oils for aging, breakout prone skin, sensitive skin, and they have nutrient packed serums that I absolutely love. Now that I'm spending way more time outside, the sun is out, the beaches are open. I am taking my skincare up a notch and just making sure that I'm protecting my skin and I'm doing all that I can to put safe ingredients on my skin, my face, my moneymaker. So if you haven't tried True Botanicals yet, you've got to try them for yourself. You'll get 15% off. Yes, 15% off your first purchase at truebotanicals.com slash alchemized. Again, that's 15% off your first purchase. Their website is truebotanicals.com and it's forward slash alchemized in order to get to the 15% off. One more time truebotanicals.com forward slash alchemized for 15% off. You guys are going to thank me later. And on the topic of loving up on your body, let's talk about loving up on your eyeballs, loving up on your hormones, loving up on every single inch of you. So I know that's like pretty epic of an intro, but I have been obsessing and in love and telling the entire world about my blue blocks glasses. So I have the blue light blocking glasses for during the day. And a couple of weeks ago, I actually got on my Instagram stories and hadn't been wearing them at all, but I was working on my computer all day long. I was so exhausted. My eyes were bloodshot. I just felt so tired, literally like from the outer layer of my eyeballs all the way to my toes. It was intense. And that convinced me finally to never, ever, ever work on my computer without my blue light blocking glasses. And, you know, we've heard about blue light blocking glasses for a while. And Andy Mant, who is the founder of Blue Blocks, is actually going to be coming on the podcast next week to talk even more about why blocking blue light during the day and at night is very, very important for all aspects of our health. Like I said, our hormonal health, our sleep, 
our stress, literally everything, you guys. This interview is going to blow your mind, seriously. Um, But Blue Blocks are especially important, like specifically Blue Blocks, the company is an especially important company because they are one of the only companies that actually follows the academic peer-reviewed studies around why these lenses are really powerful and um, impactful for working on a computer. So they're actually aligned with the science, whereas a lot of companies are not aligned with the science. And another thing that I really love about Blue Blocks is that they donate the monetary equivalent to providing reading glasses in third world countries. So you know that when you are buying a pair of glasses, you are also supporting someone in a third world country that needs glasses as well. So I don't need a prescription, but if you do have prescription lenses, they can be made in a prescription or non-prescription, and they have a bunch of different glasses and frames online. Like I said, they are great quality. They're made with custom alloy and high quality plastic as well. And you guys have to go check them out online to see for yourself. But really any type of product or company that is born out of the need that the founder had for having a more enhanced experience, whether it be on the computer, better sleep, better nutrition, better hormones. I'm just, I'm down with it. And you're going to tell by next week in the interview with Andy Mant, just like how passionate and how intelligent and smart he is when it comes to everything as far as blue light goes and blue light blocking technology. And so you guys have to check out Blue Blocks. Like I said, I love them. I will not ever not wear them and you can get 15% off by going to blueblocks.com forward slash alchemized. So it's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com forward slash alchemized. You'll get global free shipping, 15% off. Their glasses are awesome. Corey wants a pair. I'm not buying them for him. He's going to have to get them himself. Um, And then you can check out all the different types of glasses and lenses that they have. And like I said, Andy is going to be coming on the podcast next week. He is so smart. He's going to like blow your mind as far as talking about all of this information in ways that I just can't even summarize within this space, but I think you guys are really, really, really going to love the conversation. And so to prepare for Andy on the Alchemize Life podcast, make sure to go to blueblocks.com forward slash Alchemize. You'll get 15% off of your order and you'll be able to check out all of the different things that they're doing, all of the lenses that they have, all of their frames. And uh, I just love Blue Blocks. So you guys have to check them out one more time. It's blueblocks.com forward slash Alchemized. Yeah. You know, for me, when you're sharing that, it is kind of like, oh, you know, if you have this workbook and you have this idea of what the lower vibrational, you know, qualities are that could be amplified um, during that time, it's a really incredible tool to just build awareness, you know? And so it's right. like, um, you know, cause I know I have my, um, my lunar eclipse, um, workbook for Sagittarius. And I also have the Mm -hmm. new moon for Gemini right now. And it's like, I can look through this and read through not only like the ritual itself, but also read through a lot of like what might be coming up so that when I am around, I think, and June 5th is, is the lunar eclipse. When I am, yeah, when I, when it is around that time, I can be like, Oh, that's why I'm coming off this way a little bit more. I could maybe, or this is why this person is. Yes. Is yeah. doing this now. So there's more compassion. Right. Right. And when you follow 
I, I like the workbooks and one of the reasons why I designed them that way is because it's like bite-sized information. So you're not like trying to learn like every sign and every vibration and everything all at once. It's bite-sized information. So you can work on these pieces because it's a blueprint to really working on your entire personality, right? And that's what astrology really is. It's about your entire personality, the bigger picture of your life. But when we work on like just the full moon of Sagittarius, we work on just just those pieces. And then, you know, the following month when it's the full moon in Capricorn, we're working on a different piece of our personality. And so when you put all moons together, new and full moons throughout, you know, all 12 months, all 12 signs, um, you know, 24 moons in total, it's like we have these points where we can work on these different energies, these different qualities of ourselves until you get around the whole wheel and you're, and you've worked on your complete personality and you've like, shifted everything, you know, everything that you want to shift and everything that you like, you know, you want to remain the same. You've only amplified and strengthened, right? So it's not just about like changing. There are points where we just have to be like, okay, I'm here. Like, this is who I am. Um, But it really does give us this blueprint, the lunar cycle and then the entire astrological cycle. And that's one of the reasons why I do love doing the workbooks. A lot of people have been like, why don't you just do like a whole thing for all astrological signs? I'm like, you know, it's hard to learn it that way. It's a lot of information and it's really hard to learn it that way. And like Mm -hmm. one sitting, one book. And I see a lot of people get really lost like that. So if you just break it down, just master the energy of Sagittarius, because at the end of the day, we all have all these things. You know, so that's another question I get by a lot of people who are really new in astrology. Like, can I use this workbook? I'm a Pisces. Can I use the Gemini workbook? I'm an Aquarius. Can I use the subject? Yes, they're written for everybody um, because these energies are affecting all of us. You know, like I said earlier, like everybody in the world tomorrow is going to be experiencing the new moon in Gemini. No matter what your personal sign is, you're going to experience the vibrations of the new moon in Gemini. Furthermore, you have some aspect of your personality that is dictated by or governed by Gemini Mm -hmm. um, because we all have a birth chart. And in that birth chart is 12 pieces, which are houses. And they're each 30 degrees. Again, 30 um, times 12 makes the 360 degree wheel of the sky. And each house represents an area of your life and is governed by an astrological sign. So if you look up your birth chart, uh, you'll find Gemini is governing some house. There's some house that is governed by Gemini uh, for you. And that house, that area of your life is going to be impacted more so by the new moon in Gemini. Mm -hmm. And that's how you really start working with, that's like, level two or three working with the moon. I love that. It's like you look at it and you know you say, okay, I'll use myself for an example. My ninth house is ruled by Gemini. So um you know ninth house is all about um travel, um, you know, understanding different cultures, different religions, spirituality, knowledge, truths. It's it's normally the house of Sagittarius. Uh, but for me, for my my birth chart, it's governed by Gemini. So on the new moon of Gemini tomorrow, I'm going to feel those effects more so in the area of my life affected uh, by the ninth house. So I'm going to feel those more so like, you know, it's probably going to be time. I'm going to really want to connect with different knowledge, different truths, different people. Mm-hmm. So, so does that mean that like tomorrow you might wake up and be like, damn, I really want to go back to Bali. 
Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every morning. Uh, <laughs> um, Probably. Yeah. So but yeah, the new moon's gonna activate it. It's still transiting, right? So the new moon is transiting my ninth house, right? Because my ninth house is governed by Gemini. And so I'll feel the effects in those areas more intensely. And so when you really dive in, it's like um you know, my intention, it can, that can inform my intentions that I write. Maybe I will write an intention about how I can bring in new knowledge that I haven't already experienced from different cultures, or I will bring in uh, intentions of travel um, tomorrow. You can theme, you don't have to, you can write intentions on anything you want, but you know, it can really theme theme my intentions to do it that way. I love that. I love that yeah. so much. So I guess that kind of houses leads me- of, is a big misunderstanding. Houses are the most misunderstood thing yeah. in astrology. And I've tried, I even had house scopes for a while. I might bring them back in the workbooks um, or explain this, but it, it kind of like goes over a lot of people's heads. So you're getting lots of questions on it. And I felt like it was more confusing. It's yeah. like, I probably need to do like a video series on it or something one day. <laughs> well, I mean, that was super helpful for me because I've always, you know, I have my birth chart and I remember getting like a, an actual birth chart done and even reading through each of the houses. I'm like, this is kind of confusing, but just the way that you've explained it is so helpful. And I'm curious, you know, does this mean that when we go and look up whatever house Gemini is in or Cancer's next, correct? Cancer's next, um, yeah. Or, cancer's or, next. or or cancer that we have to be proactive and like taking act. Like let's say for me, um, it's in my relationship sector. And so does that mean mm-hmm. that I have to start being proactive or is it more of just like a gentle awareness? It's like a gentle awareness. It's just knowing that, you know, if cancer state governs your house of relationships with your seventh house, I don't know if it does for you or not, but it's just knowing that your relationships are probably going to come up to the surface. They're going to be activated. Um, You may see more energy around your relationships. And it's just, it's just nice to know, like if all of a sudden, you know, you, your relationships are now in cancer season, taking up like a large percentage of your time. Like, you know, your girlfriends are calling you or your, your partner wants to have discussions or you're looking at your different partnerships. Cause it's also like, you know, partnerships with brands and collaborators and things like that. Like it, it, it all appears on the surface and you're like, what's going on? Like, why am I having, why, why am I spending all day in discussions with people? And it's just like, Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Cancer. That's my seventh house. We're in cancer season. Got it. Mm. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it's just like an awareness. And then if you want to, and you know, use that energy to inform your intentions on the new moon or to work with your blocks and your lower vibrations on the full moon, you can. It gives you in, a direction mm. if you want, if you choose. I always say, you know, you always have free will no matter what. So you can choose or not choose, but if you want on the new moon and cancer to write about your relationships or your partnerships, it's a great time. You know, yeah. if that's the house that, that the new moon is transmitting for you. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. So this might be yeah. a little bit, this, this question might be a, a little triggering for some people, but I'm curious if we are so like, if we are clinging so much to our astrology, what would you suggest as a way to kind of like let go of that grip a little bit more? So we're not just like kind of using it as this crutch for the way that we live or the way that we show up in our relationships or how we, you know, 
decide to treat another human being. Like if we're like, for example, as an example, for so long in high school and in like my early twenties, I was like, oh, I would never date a Gemini. They're the worst. Um, and so I realized that's a little limiting and a little judgy. Um, and I know that I'm not the only person that does that. And so how do you, because, man, they get a bad rap. They really do. So do, so, so do Scorpios. I will say that. <laughs> so do, I mean, they all, do. so that's, the, that's really the, the point is they all do, you know? And, um, like I said, before every energy has a high side and a low side, including the signs. So, you know, I'm a Leo. I'll, I'll use my exa- myself as an example so nobody feels offended. You know, there's a high side and a low side to Leo. And, you know, a lot of times the low side is what gets talked about because it's it's funny. It's meme-worthy, right? Um, Instagram has become very much about memes. You know, like, I swear, like, I read, I look at, like, the co-star memes. I'm like, they hate oh. Leos. They just yeah. hate Leos, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, really, they're just, like, they're just picking out, like, the, yeah. the catchy stuff, like, the... Yeah. Stuff that um, you know people like to talk about, and unfortunately, yeah. people like to really focus in on the lower vibrations of astrology. Everybody does, um, including when you're learning about it in high school. So, like Leo, you know, they're attention seeking and they're dramatic, and they always want to be the center of attention. They're needy, and you know, but it, we have to also look at the high side too. So we also have to assume that you know when you look at like Scorpio, which Scorpios get a really bad rap. When Gemini's get a really bad rap, you know, you have to just like be like, okay, well, what's the high side of that mm. sign? Like, yeah. what's okay, that's the low side, that's the high side. We all have a choice to vibrate either at the high or the low side. And we all have a choice to to step into different aspects of our chart. Um, so you know, for instance, like my my rising is Libra, and a lot of people I step into that a lot in public, which is mm. a great thing to do because your rising is what you project outwardly. It's like the mask you wear. It's what people, the first impression basically is usually your um, ascendant, which is also your rising. Those are the same thing. Um, you know, and Libra, and a lot of times I'll choose to step into that because Libra is like balance. And I, I, I get that comment all the time, um, you know, on my on my Instagram for my stories, you're so calm. Your voice is so soothing. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm like stepping into my Libra, my Libra energy. So you can always like step into different energies. And you know, the chart is just, it's just like a blueprint for you to work with to help help you evolve, evolve your energy. Uh, it's your energetic signature coming into this world. Um, and I firmly believe that like our energy is on its own little path of evolution in this lifetime and many lifetimes. And in this lifetime, it's taken on your birth chart as an energetic signature. And, um, you know, that's what you're working with. That's, you know, and you may come into this world as a Gemini and you may align with some of the lower vibrations and, and maybe your journey, you know, to learn the higher sides and align with the high sides and maybe your journey to step into your moon or your rising to mm. understand those. Uh, it's everybody's journey to step into their North node, you know, North node and South node are really important points of our charts. North node shows us what we're really here to learn and what mm. we're stepping into fully. So, um, you know, the birth chart is a guide and it, and it doesn't dictate and it, it's not meant to be limiting. And, um, you know, you always look, need to look at like the full array 
of, of energies, you know? And, and like I said, unfortunately on, on Instagram and they're funny. I mean, I laugh at some of them. I, you know, there's like somebody who does, um, like dating signs or something. And it's like hilarious. I remember being in Tucson, we're like watching like dating a Scorpio and it was like, it's just hilarious. And you know, I know it's just like funny and it's not like a hundred percent accurate. They're just like picking out like the low signs and, you know, um, but that's, that's what gets, that's what gets the likes on, on a lot of things, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and it gets people in the door too, which that's what I always say. Like this, that's kind of stuff that gets people in the door of astrology and opens up their mind so that they really can learn, um, the full magic of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think if it's like, if it's something that like maybe like ruffles our feathers a little bit, it's like, oh, that's a little aspect of our shadow that we could potentially be working with, which I think is super cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It can, like anything that triggers you, um, I always believe is like, you you need to do work there. Like it's showing you a place where you need to do some work. Yeah, um, yeah. And you know, and anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And anywhere where you're judgmental and, you know, it's, it's definitely showing you where you, you can do some work and shed some light. Yeah. Well, so I just love the idea of like stepping into different aspects of, um, of your chart. And so I'm curious, like, I know that you shared that, like, if you're going out to do something, um, or like speak somewhere, you will, uh, step into your rising sign. I'm curious, like, what, is there like a a process of that? Or is it just like intentionally kind of like sitting there and being like, all right, I'm tapping into this because my rising is Aries. And so I'm like, do I just like sit there and be like, all right, calling forth the Aries, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think it's knowing the signs. So that's why it is good to, to know, understand the energies of all those signs, knowing the signs uh, and knowing the vibration. And it's just like a matter of kind of like intentionally aligning with that vibration. Mm-hmm. So, like Libra, for instance, is like a very calm and peaceful sign. So it's like, I just intentionally align with like calmness, you know, mm-hmm. and align, align myself with those vibrations. And it's just like, okay, like, I take a deep breath. I'm going to like put on my Libra face and be nice and calm and have a nice soothing voice, you know? And I, I mean, it, it's easy of the rising because the rising is what you project outward anyway. So, um, you know, it just kind of happens naturally, but mm. you know, like my Scorpio moon, I rarely show that side. <laughs> <laughs> public anyway just just in the house behind closed doors yeah yeah no probably a lot of ways I do because that is like the the mystery you know that is like all this astrology stuff is very much Scorpio moon stuff so just talking about it is um you know stepping into it but yeah for Aries like Aries is very like direction take charge courage um, adventure. So it's like aligning with these vibrations and like when you, when you need them, when you need to like be a leader or have courage or to overcome a challenge, it's like, okay, that's Aries. I'm going to, I'm going to channel my inner Aries and step mm-hmm. into my Aries and I'm going to like, you know, handle this situation. This yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I feel like in a way they can all, while there is still that like duality and kind of like tug of war and some of the signs, they're still complementing each other overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They all complement each other. Uh, even the opposing signs, opposing signs really complement each other. I always say they're like two sides, the same coin, you know, they really, really complement each other. And especially when you look at their higher vibrations. So if you look at something like Leo and Aquarius, 
um, you know, very opposite signs and their extremes, their lower vibrations are very opposite. But when then, when you merge them and you come to the higher sides you shed away the extremes and the shadows and you are left with the higher vibrations and you integrate them, you find that they're very similar at their core. And when you can fully integrate them, which you can do on a full moon, um, you actually rise to a level higher than the signs individually, right? Mm. So when we combine energies and we integrate them, we actually can, it's like a superpower, you know, we can get, we can get someplace in a higher frequency than we could just the sign alone. Mm, yeah. alone. Yeah. Like tapping into our own divinity, I feel like. Yeah, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways it is. It's like climbing, climbing the proverbial mountain, the spiritual mountain. Um, but yeah, it's working with all the signs and they all do complement each other. And the birth chart is so interesting so you can just see different aspects of yourself and different signs and how that complements like different planets and um, you know, everything's like position. It's it's a work of art, you yeah. know, it's your work of art to work with. Yeah, I feel like um, it'd be really fun to just like pull up your birth chart, then grab the spirit daughter workbooks and then just like each month kind of refresh rather than having to like, unless you want to go through all of it all at once, but just like yeah. focus on, like you said, just focus on one part at a time. Um, and I feel like that's the greatest way to like really learn the information because you're experiencing it. You know, I know right. that the most that I've ever absorbed information is when I've actually experienced it versus right. just like reading it in a book. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good thing about working with the new and the full moon is that you, you experience the energy. So like tomorrow we're all going to experience the energy of Gemini. And so you can understand Gemini and you can look at your birth chart and you can be like, Oh wow, Gemini is governing my ninth house and I have Mars there. Like, wow, now I understand Gemini and I can, and it informs my understanding of Mars and what that means, you mm-hmm. know, and the flavor it flavors my Mars, for instance. Um, and then what it means to have that all sit in your ninth house and how that it all comes together. So, you know, it's pieces, it's pieces of the pie, literally, and um, understanding each individual piece and experiencing it and feeling it is really, is really powerful. And yeah. not just like bombarding yourself because astrology is so dense, there's so much. And, you know, we all can work with all these energies on the moons and understand them and work with them in our lives and work with different aspects of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So do the planets mostly affect like more of the collective or do we feel the planets affecting us like on an individual level? Well, you have planets in your birth chart. So both. Okay. Both. All, All of astrology is personal and collective. So... You know, we feel, for instance, you know, like Mercury retrograde, right? That's the big one. So we all, when Mercury stations retrograde, we all feel it, the whole collective, but it will affect your personal Mercury a little bit more. And so, you know, your birth chart contains, you know, all the planets where they were in the sky when you were born. And so if your Mercury's in Leo, for instance, your Mercury's probably in Scorpio, huh? Because your sun's in Scorpio. It's either in Libra or Scorpio, I'd say. Mercury always stays close to the sun. So wherever your sun sign is, it's either in that sign or one sign away, generally is the rule. Um, but say, you know, your Mercury is in Scorpio and Mercury stations retrograde in the sky currently, uh, you'll feel it. You'll feel it more in the energy of Scorpio. Mm, okay. um, and you'll feel those, those energies really take hold and you might even be affected 
communication wise, like in those areas. Mm-hmm. And especially if it is your sun sign, you'll really feel that. So you feel you feel it in your personal planet and and Mercury is the planet of communication. So Mercury say is in Scorpio for you. The energy of Scorpio really governs your communication, right? So um, that's what affects how you communicate all the time. And then on the collective level of Mercury stations retrograde, uh, you'll feel that retrograde energy in 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 your communication. Uh, but you may feel it with a more like Scorpio flavor to it. Mm, so okay, I'm trying to think of how that would like show up in real life for you. Is your Mercury in Scorpio? Do you know? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. It's either there or Libra, probably. Maybe my guess. I guess. Um, <laughs> but a Mercury and Scorpio typically would mean that your communication is a little bit more on the occult side. So, like, you like to talk a little bit more about astrology and uh, things that would be like deemed like underworldy. You really like talking about like psychological things Mm -hmm. uh these are the mercury it's like what you want to connect on like your mercury can dictate like my mercury is definitely in scorpio then (laughs) yeah you want to like connect with people um you want to exchange information about these types of things right Mm -hmm. so scorpio gives you the types of things and so like say your mercury is in leo you want to communicate and talk about leo type things and then, you know, depending on where Mercury is, the Mercury station's retrograde. Retrograde turns the planet, the energy of the planet inward. Um, so you may find yourself wanting to talk more to yourself and connect more with yourself about Scorpio-like things. Mm, okay. Does that makes sense? Totally. Um, and you may also find uh, things in your life breaking down, which Mercury retrograde does, that are dictated or governed by Scorpio. Mm-hmm. So you may find like, you know, you're trying to have a talk with somebody about astrology and all of a sudden your computer breaks down, you know, you're online, you're doing like what we're doing, you know? Uh, <laughs> like okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. That like a very Mercury retrograde thing to happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're trying yeah. to talk outwardly about <sighs> astrology you know, using a computer, using a system and it breaks. That's so interesting. So it's not necessarily (laughs) that like all of my technology has to break randomly. It's just that it could be potentially influenced by more of that like Scorpio type communication. And that's where something would go haywire. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. That's so interesting. Okay. It gets it gets uh, rabbit holy, um, but it's really fascinating when you start really understanding. And that's why it's nice to understand all the signs, um, you know, everything, because you can start to really hone in on where these energies are going to show up in your life. Because mm-hmm. there's always the collective energy is always happening, right? The moon, the planets, they're always out there. They're always sitting in signs and that's going to affect us differently depending on our birth chart but it's going to affect us so you know knowing knowing everything and like you know that's it's really is like second third level type of stuff like the the important is just importance is just kind of understand everything just understand what's out there in the sky and knowing that you know these planets are affecting all of us and then you can start to look at your individual birth chart and see how they are affecting you, how it's like tailored to you. All right, 
right, you guys, we have one last quick break before we finish up this conversation with Jill. And I wanted to once again, share with you betterhelp.com. So BetterHelp is an online platform that matches you with a licensed professional therapist based off of your needs. And so if you are feeling like you wish you had someone unbiased to talk to who has training and education around holding space for people in navigating difficult emotions, navigating trauma, navigating experiences that maybe you don't feel comfortable talking with another person about or someone that you're close to, I highly suggest checking out BetterHelp. And the reason why I want to recommend this to all of you is because they are incredibly accessible, incredibly affordable. They also have sliding scale and financial aid available. And so if you have been looking for a therapist, but maybe have been intimidating or intimidated or feel like you can't afford it, BetterHelp is a really incredible place to start. So with BetterHelp, you fill out an onboarding sheet and they basically walk through all the different things that you need support in, what you've been struggling with, your uh, medical history, and then they match you with somebody based off of that. The reason why I like this is because you might live in a city that doesn't necessarily have a counselor that is trained or able to guide you and counsel you through whatever it is that you're going through. And so it really opens up the floor for you to find someone who is trained and has worked with and specializes in whatever it is that you want your support with. In addition to that, they have an amazing online platform. So you can either chat to text someone or you can do a phone call or you can do a FaceTime. There's a ton of different ways in which you can connect with your counselor. So if you haven't tried BetterHelp before, like I said, I highly suggest doing so. And you can go to betterhelp.com forward slash alchemized and join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. You'll also get 10% off of your first month. So go to betterhelp, that's H-E-L-P.com forward slash alchemized today. Yeah. I think that's why the the workbooks are so cool though, is that it's like this baseline foundation to help you really get clear on it one step at a time. And then it's like, as you're reading through it, you know, if something catches your eye, good, dig deeper, like start doing right. even more research and, you know, follow that like kind of impulse to explore more and to understand more. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like f- exploring more, uh, but getting a baseline is really important and knowing that all these energies are out there and they're affecting each of us in a similar way that differs uh, based on your chart. It's like a very impersonal experience that you can make unique depending yeah. on your birth chart. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the new moon in Gemini is affecting all of us tomorrow. It's bringing us Gemini energy is bringing us the energy of the new moon. Um, so we've got that level down. And then the next level is to be like, okay, well, how is that affecting me personally, depending on where my Gemini house is, where my moon, my personal moon is, and just, you know, you can go into a couple other factors where my sun is, because that can play in sometimes too, depending. And then is there's... It- aspects which that's a whole other ball of wax <laughs> i'll have to do it we'll have to do another interview talking all about that um i'm like i'm to, not even open that can yeah. right now. <laughs> um so i know that in the gemini workbook the there's information on each moon sign and like how gemini right. influences our moon sign so is it also right. influencing our sun sign or is it more just because it's that like kind of outward type of 
so the moon scopes, I write the moon scopes in the workbook, they're based on your moon sign. So like traditional horoscopes you'd read in like Cosmo or somewhere um, is, a, is based on your sun sign. But these are based on your moon sign. I started them when it was just the new moon book because moons affect moons. So it's basically how the season of Gemini and the new moon will affect your moon sign, which is your emotional body. So this is, this is what to look for in your emotional body. This is what's going to be highlighted. Um, and then I also give a little direction on what you can work with on the new moon in particular based on your moon sign. Mm, yes. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's based in moon, based on emotions. Okay, cool. So, yeah. What's the- What's the process like of you putting together the workbooks? I'm so curious because they're so beautifully curated and just feel like every single page is so intentional. And, you know, I think you shared this earlier, like it doesn't, it, it's it's not overwhelming in any of the aspects. It's all very accessible. So I'm curious, like what your process is on a monthly basis of like putting these together and creating them and bringing them out to the world. I mean, I have a formula. So I mean, they, they have like the same like, sections like write you know so the layout is pretty much the same depending that the new moon and cancer book which is coming out shortly and will be out by the time this point is a monster it's uh huge it actually has extra pages because there's two new moons in cancer um so that one has a completely different layout than our normal workbooks but barring barring that astrological phenomenon that's happening this year um they pretty much have like the same sections and then i just i just write them and and i don't know i just i feel like i probably channel the information yeah you know i i'll spend uh like I'm about to start writing Leo. So I will spend a day or two or a weekend where I don't write at all. And I just think about it. Um, I look at the chart. I pull the chart of, you know, the Leo new moon. I look at what's happening. I look at the retrogrades. I look at the aspects of the other planets, see what's influencing the day, see what's influencing really the whole month. I'll look at like all the like what's just going on astrologically, you know, what conjunctions are forming, which planets are coming together. And I'll just get a feel for the overall energy. And it's almost like, it's not predicting, but it's almost just trying to like predict how people are going to feel, you know, mm-hmm. what people, because, you know, when you look at like Leo or cancer, any of the signs, there's like so many things I could focus on. There's so many energies. Yeah. And I only have like so many words, which is, very hard for me. I'm always having to like cut at the end. Like I just sent Capricorn to print last night and I had to like cut paragraphs and I was like <laughs> crying because um, they have to fit in these like little boxes. My North Node is in Virgo. Your North Node is where you're headed in life. And Virgo is all about like organization. And and I'm like, this is why I spent my whole <laughs> life trying to get things in these like neat little boxes, you know, spell checks. <laughs> organized so that other people can understand them. It's very difficult for me. So that's the difficult part. The the sort of over the conceptualizing and the getting the ideas and the tapping the energy is like the easy part for me. Yeah. And it all just kind of flows. And like I usually just kind of like spew it all out on the paper and then just edit, 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 clean it up. You know, I have my husband read it. He cleans it up, you know, like somebody else can understand it other than me. (laughs) (laughs) But I do, I spend, you know, anywhere from two to four days just thinking about about Mm -hmm. it all, just brainstorming Mm -hmm. and trying not to pressure myself even because I'm on 
tight deadlines with these things. Um, trying not to pressure myself to write or get an anxiety that like the time is passing and just really trying to feel into it and feel into the vibrations that are, that are happening, you yeah. know, cause there's usually like so much. And then I have to kind of pick what to focus on based on what I think people are going to be feeling or vibing yeah. with at the time. Yeah. It's so cool. I mean, a very intuitive process. And I mean, I just think that with the growth that you've had over the past few years, it's like, of course it's landing. Of course people are getting it, you know? It's totally intuitive. And, you know, I get so many questions, even on Instagram, I just had a friend the other day call me and he has a company and he's just like, what's the code? How did you crack the code at Instagram? I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's just... (laughs) I have like the most random processes. Like it's yeah. just, you know, it's, it's, I try, I try really hard to stay organized. You know, like I'm always trying to reorganize my grid so that it like looks good. And like, I, I can't ever like keep it completely organized, you know, kind of thing. So it's just because my intuition takes over where I'm just yeah. like, like in the last minute, we'll be ready to send a book to print and I'll be like, I need to add this, this one thing. And it's going <laughs> screw everything up. <laughs> but I have to add it. <laughs> Yeah. So that's awesome. It's that that constant, you know, trying to keep it organized and neat and in a way that people can understand it and apply it. You know, Mm -hmm. I like, I like people to be able to read it or even hear me talking and be like, okay, that really makes sense. I'm always thinking about how I can break things down without dumbing them down without, um, but also just explaining it in a way that people get like really understand. Yeah, it's my main yeah. mission. I, I want I want people to really understand the information. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just think that they're so cool. And before you go, because you kind of mentioned this in passing, and I want to make sure that we touch on this because I'm <laughs> my intuition is telling me I have to ask you two new moons in Cancer, and you said right. that this is kind of like an astrological phenomenon. And so, can you just share a little bit of that? Yeah, every couple of years um, we get uh, we get double double moons. So. I think we had last time was two new moons in in Leo, which was two years ago. Um, We had two full moon, full moon in Libras last year, about 18 months ago. Um, So, so yeah. So every once in a while, the moons, they they jump. Uh, So right now we have the sun in Gemini. And then two days later, we have the new moon in Gemini, right? So the new moon and the start of the season are really close. Um, In Cancer, the sun moves into cancer and like that day we have a new moon in cancer which is also a solar eclipse which is also the summer solstice so it's a really cool day um i don't know if this podcast is going to air afterwards but june 20th 21st mark your calendars because there's a lot happening that day (laughs) i'll make sure that it comes out before then (laughs) just fyi it's like when i was writing it like i looked at it and i'm just like oh wow. <laughs> it's just a lot. And I was like, how am I going to organize all this stuff? Um, and get it, get it out to people. But so we know that, you know, the sun enters in cancer, moon's going to meet it. They, you know, meet up and we have our first new moon in cancer. And then the moon's going to travel around the earth through the lunar cycle. And normally what happens is the sun moves on and to the next sign, which would be Leo. And then we'd have our new moon in Leo. Uh, but um, because of the way you know things are moving in the the cosmos, um, the sun is still in Cancer when the moon meets it again. So we have our second new moon in Cancer at the end of Cancer season. It's almost the last day, right before the sun moves to Leo, and then they'll both move on to Leo together. 
So we have two new moons in Cancer. It's very, it's, it's not like it's very, very rare, but it's fairly rare. It's rare enough um, that it's a pretty big deal to have two new moons in Cancer. And especially because the first one's a solar eclipse. Mm-hmm. So we have solar eclipse, new moon in Cancer. And then we have our Capricorn lunar eclipse which is the follow-up of the Sag lunar eclipse that you had talked about earlier. And then we have our second new moon in Cancer. And so it just gives us um, extra time to work with the energy of Cancer. Mm-hmm. And we can like set it. it it's, and the way I wrote the word, it's one massive workbook for all of Cancer season, both two new moons. And the way I wrote them was so that you have stuff to do on the new moon in cancer that affects the second new moon in cancer and kind of how to, how to work. Cause you do cancer has so many energies and so many frequencies to work with. And it's like, okay, great. We have two new moons. Like we can work with some pieces because of the solar eclipse and the summer solstice and everything we have going on that day. And then we can do like a follow-up, you know, mm, on the second yes. new moon and you really dive in you can really change things. And then in Leo, we're going to start seeing the new moons at the end of the season. So mm, okay. the past six months, we've seen them like right at the start of the season. Uh, you know, Taurus, two days after the sun uh, was in Taurus. Aries was like four days after the sun moved into Aries. So now we're going to start seeing uh, Leo, the new moons will be at the end of the season. So, so cool. we'll actually have that the full moon of the season first. So cool. Okay. So everyone needs to get their hands on this workbook. Where can we, (laughs) where can we find it? How can we support you and how can we continue following along with Spirit Daughter? Uh, Spirit Daughter, you can just, uh, the website spiritdaughter.com. Uh, Instagram is spirit daughter. You can probably just type in spirit daughter into the Google and it will find me. And that's where you can get the workbooks. Uh, the cancer workbooks, a fun one. Yeah. That's about it. Amazing. Jill, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is such a fun conversation. Oh, thanks for having me. 